I'm Nick Abrahams, and welcome to Web3, From Mystery to Main Street, the podcast where we talk about how technologies like crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and the metaverse are being successfully embraced by mainstream businesses. And joining me today is Michaela Jurek, Head of Blockchain Solutions at Novati. Michaela, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. It's great to be here. Oh, fantastic. Now, you've, you've, you've got background in the blockchain world. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I actually jumped in with uh, Bitcoin back in 2013 and I started running my, my own OTC desk. Uh, and then from there, I was able to build out a consultancy service, which specialized mostly in uh, helping more bespoke and small businesses uh, within the blockchain industry with a particular focus around uh, the regulatory climate uh, and especially the, the Austrack requirements that came in. Right. And, and you've now um, landed at, at Novati as head of blockchain solutions. Can yes, you give us a bit of a sense of what, what, what does Novati do? Yeah, so Novati is an Australian fintech company which specialises in digital payments. So out of that, they have a focus of the, on the B2B sector, um, and that includes acquiring, issuing and, and cross-border payments. Uh, so in terms of what that looks like, they've obviously got a lot of uh, business automation and billing software, card issuing, um, and they're also one of 20 institutions in Australia that offer merchant acquiring, so accepting payment via Visa, uh, sorry, Visa and MasterCard. Uh, and they also have a number of uh, corporate partnerships like uh, Google, Samsung, Apple, Afterpay, Ripple, just to name a few. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, there's some big names uh, that yeah. you, you've just rolled off there, you know, Navati is listed on the ASX. Just a minute, can you give us a sense of you know how you know what's the size of Navati in terms of I guess revenue, market cap, those sorts of stats? Yeah, so the market cap of Navati at this stage is uh, sixty-eight million. Uh, so the revenues for last quarter were about eleven million, okay. uh, and it was thirty-two and a half million for last year. Wow, wow! So it's a great Australian fintech and payment story. Um, and, you know, obviously been around in the payment space for a while and now on the innovation, very much at the sort of leading edge of the innovation side of things, you recently announced the AUDD stablecoin. Uh, we're hearing a lot about stablecoins uh, recently. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the Novati AUDD stablecoin? Yeah, so uh, AUD or the Australian Digital Dollar is uh, Novartis Australian Dollar Back Stablecoin. So the intention of that is to facilitate payments, transactions, uh, and remittances between businesses and their customers. So unlike uh, other stablecoins that we've seen come up recently in the markets uh, that are either over collateralized or, or algorithmic, um, we've got a one to one backing. So onto a, the Australian dollar. So this means that the risk of AEDD depreciating, for example, uh, is significantly minimized. Uh, and that's done essentially by saying that for every $1 we hold in the bank account, uh, that AUDD will be minted onto the blockchain. Oh, brilliant. I think um, I think with the Terra Luna meltdown, I think the the algorithmic stablecoin uh, proposition, you know, is, uh, is has been put back uh, many years, if, if indeed it, it, uh, it actually gets ahead yeah. uh, at any stage. So so obviously, I guess from the customer's point of view, critical to know that, uh, you know, for the AUDD stablecoin that it is, uh, you know, it represents effectively reserves of 
Oz, of actual Aussie dollars. Who, who's the market for this? Who, who will be the customers for the AUDD? Yeah, so I mean, in terms of the customers and what it's going to look like, potentially anyone can use a stablecoin. A stablecoin can fit in and replace any sort of payment method. So when we look at who can use it, we sort of look towards use cases. Uh, so we've got uh, remittance, for example, so offering the stablecoin um, to allow for, for fiat-backed transactions between other stablecoins to be traded efficiently and, and seamlessly 24-7, uh, uh, as opposed to uh, waiting for, for markets to open. Uh, we've also got a, a gateway uh, solution as well. So low cost, uh, virtually instant settlements um, of both domestic and international payments. Uh, and then of course, we've also got uh, AUDD as a, as a trading pair. So again, like I mentioned, creating those FX pairs between other stable coins, but then of course you've got um, other cryptocurrencies that, and tokens that can be traded as a part of that. Um, and if you're interested in going down that DeFi rabbit hole, um, you know, of course there, I'm sure there will be those staking and yielding farming opportunities uh, through other services. Um, and most importantly as well is that uh, stablecoins and, and AUDD in particular will provide that store of value. Uh, so in terms of you know, safe, stable um, holding of AUDD um, without concern of fluctuation or uh, well, sorry, in comparison to uh, more volatile cryptocurrencies like your Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, so who's that probably most suited for? Um, people that are dealing with uh, I guess invoice settlement fairly regularly, trade payments, um, imports, exports. Um, there's really no limit to who can use it. And uh, maybe just if we maybe drilling into how that works a little bit more. So let's say I'm an organization and I have trade payments. So let's say, I don't know, I owe uh, money internationally. How would I go about using your stable coin? Yeah, so it depends on how you want to do that. So, of course, you can do that directly. Uh, for example, if you're using uh, a, a DEX, which is a decentralized yep. exchange, uh, you can swap AUDD with another stablecoin that's available uh, via that decentralized exchange. Uh, another process you can use uh, is a, a third-party service, uh, similar, I guess, to a remittance company, mm -hmm. uh, so where they would process that swap for you and obviously assist in, the, in sourcing of liquidity. And and the benefits are you, know, you mentioned the twenty four seven nature because I think we've all sort of struggled over the years with you know that that sort of anxiety as you wait for particularly international uh, transfers to to land in the receiving accounts and so forth. So I guess it's you know the advantages I guess that it's twenty four seven, so we don't have to wait. You know what time do the banks open and close and so forth in the various um, uh, geographies that are involved in the transaction. So it's 24-7, it's immediate, and, and I guess sort of low cost in terms of efficiency. So are they, are they the sort yeah. of critical? Oh, absolutely. Benefit? I mean, if you want to throw some numbers out there, Nick, I mean, if we look at uh, the time it takes to swap and transact a token, at least on our, our first reiteration on the uh, Stellar blockchain, uh, it takes about 30 seconds to process that from going to one stable coin to another and probably costs you about... Uh, Five millionths of a cent. <laughs> five millionths of a cent. Yes. Okay. You, you got me at five <laughs> millionths of a cent. What can I tell you? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure traditional banks are uh, are operating on the five millionth of a cent margin. I don't think we'd ever see that in our lifetimes, <laughs> Nick. 
<laughs> that, well, that's amazing. Okay, so the, the cost is ex, is extraordinary in terms of the the reduction there, and obviously, you know, the, the not having the the sort of intermediaries involved in the transaction and and the immediacy um, of the transaction. And and is it is it live and running right now? Can can customers call you up and 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 get going? Yeah, so at this stage, we've actually just done our uh, proof of concept uh, in terms of the infrastructure on our Stellar uh, blockchain. Uh, in terms of when it becomes publicly available, we're hoping that that should happen within the next six weeks, actually. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So so very soon. And so I think we saw recently the ANZ Bank um, minted a stable coin for a transaction I mean, how does your AUDD stablecoin differ from, from what the ANZ is offering? Yeah, that's a great question, Nick. So I think we can break it down into, into three components, and I think those would be availability, accessibility, and utility. Uh, so firstly, on the availability front, um, AUDD will be blockchain agnostic, which means it will appear on more than one blockchain. Uh -huh. So at this stage, we're coming out on Stellar and XRP Ledger. That's definitely mm -hmm. confirmed. Of course, we are looking to go on to the Ethereum blockchain as well. Uh, in terms of our phase two uh, blockchains, uh, obviously that's under consideration at the moment where we move to next. Of course, the blockchain uh, technology is always uh, expanding, always growing. So always interested to see what's coming up next. Uh, in terms of accessibility, like I was talking about earlier, anyone can obtain it, anyone can use it. Uh, so it's not refined to a, a closed market. Uh, and then, of course, you've got uh, the utility as well. So we've got real-world usage. Um, and as soon as AUDD becomes accessible and available, uh, anyone can start building with it, implementing it, sending it, and receiving it. Right, right. So it's really, I guess, part of the, the proposition is building the community uh, support for AUDD as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've talked about a few different stable coins uh, and, you know, the, the algorithmic stable coins, you know, have probably had their day, at least for the moment, but we've got Tether and USDC stable coins uh, out there and, you know, they seem to have a market cap sort of in excess of $100 billion or thereabouts. Where do stable coins head? Do we, do we have a handful of them? Do we have dozens? Do we have thousands of them? What, what do you think the future is for stable coins? Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not sure if we'll see thousands unless we end up, uh, Elon Musk take us, takes us to the moon and we end up having planet-based stable coins. But, uh, <laughs> Wait, really you heard it here it. first. Yeah. Uh, you, you never know. Well, you never know what Elon will do from one you day. You never know what the future holds, especially when we've got Elon in it. <laughs> so, no, if we, if we want to break it down a bit, uh, I think there's a few ways we can look at it. And I mean, obviously, you've mentioned some of the more bigger players in the in the space. So we'll start off with that. So I know uh, Bianca touched on US Terra in one of your last episodes, uh, and of course the, the algorithmic stuff aside, what's interesting is that uh, Terra was actually created in, in late 2020, uh, and by its peak in, in May this year, um, although shortly before its demise, uh, it topped out at about an $18 billion circulating supply. Uh, now, by that $100 billion figure you were mentioning earlier, um, US Terra would have ultimately made up about a fifth of that market. Uh, and then in the next second, you blink, it's gone. So the takeaway from that, uh, fast moving paces around stable coins, I think it's very plausible that we'll end up with possibly hundreds of stable coins. But I think there's only going to be a handful uh, that 
actually proceed and become successful out of that. So I know, uh, for example, with our project, uh, AUDD and Navadi, um, it's by no means obviously algorithmic, uh, but Navadi does have a strong history uh, in ensuring compliance and security through its entire business. So a big part of our development uh, has been ensuring those technological and operational requirements. So AUDD isn't part of uh, one of those handfuls that fall out of favor, uh, but is more actually like a head if we want to talk anatomy. Yeah. Uh, but if we want to come back to that initial question, um, I think the most enjoyable part about working with an open source decentralized technology like blockchain uh, is that there is constant competition. And I think that's what's so fantastic about working almost in an open market, especially around stable coins. Uh, and you're probably thinking, you know, surface level uh, competition sucks. Uh, we want to be the best. Uh, we want to be the monopoly or we want to be part of that oligopoly. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, competition breeds success. And I think it pushes us to be more efficient and more innovative. And I know a key uh, part of the conversation at the moment in regards to stable coins is that interoperability aspect. So uh, having stable coins on different blockchains speak with other blockchains. Um, and a key part of that conversation uh, is anyone can make a stable coin, but it's how those stable coins interact with other stable coins, other tokens, other cryptos, uh, even other CBDCs for that matter. Um, it will be a driving force uh, of how we keep on top uh, and how, of course, we remain ahead. <laughs> Fantastic. And I love the, you know, the reference to the anatomy. I think that, you know, it's always easy to understand <laughs> with an analogy. So that's helpful. I mean, it's a fascinating history. I mean, do you think the stable coins, will it be stable coins for particular industries? Like, will it be, I don't know, you know, um, transport will have a particular stable coin that, that focuses on it? Or do you think it's more around that interoperability, which is where, where, where you'll see a win? Yeah, well, I mean, if, I think a, an interesting example that I believe was raised recently, so that we've got the Internet of Things, uh, and I believe there is a, a project at the moment that's looking at using a stablecoin-like token uh, between cars. So if you're running late to work one day and you're, you're traveling down the freeway and you need the car in front of you to get out of the way, through that blockchain uh, technology, you're able to pay that car to move out of the way <laughs> and, and essentially pay for a more efficient trip. So I think, you know, in terms of wow. using a stable coin, stable coin specific um, industries, I think that's very plausible. That is, that is a great example. I'm in a hurry, get out of my way. I'm not, rather than using the horn, you're going to financially incentivize someone to get out of your way. Exactly. It's the premium of staying in the right lane. <laughs> you know what? I feel like there's a business model milking that stable coin, you know, just, <laughs> just driving slowly in the right lane. Uh, it'll be, but the, the question will be, how does the highway patrol feed on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we'll have to, uh, we'll have to include them in on the deal. <laughs> there's a great um, example of I think the ATO and the Australian Distillers Association have done an interesting blockchain project where um, the because there's there's excise payable on uh, on on liquor excise tax and so using the blockchain they've made that far more efficient as to how the tax is calculated and remitted so yeah I think government you know obviously has a has a position to play in all this as well so. Um, maybe just uh, look at us. We're coming up with all the great ideas. Yeah, so. 
but because <laughs> hopefully no one's writing these down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what 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 does the future hold for Novati? Where's where do, where do things move to from here? Yeah, so obviously at this stage, uh, our main focus is building up the infrastructure around AUDD uh, and ensuring what we have is is really for, fit for purpose uh, in terms of those use cases, um, the, especially the ones that we were talking around earlier. So in terms of future plans, um, that really depends on, on where the market demand takes us um, and what new developments come out of blockchain as well. Uh, so one thing I'm actually quite keen on and following closely is uh, Project Jump Cannon, uh, which was actually announced by the Stellar Development Foundation earlier this year. Uh, and that will actually bring contract functionality to the Stellar blockchain, who have some of the, the lowest fees uh, in terms of blockchain transactions. Um, so a few weeks ago, they actually did a preview release of uh, Soroban, which is their smart contract platform. Uh, so it's very interesting to see uh, what's coming up with that and obviously very excited to become more acquainted with the opportunities there. Uh, another interesting part as well is uh, looking how at how quantum computing will affect blockchain right. technology as well. Uh, so obviously we've got we're talking about Web three and, and stable coins and blockchain technology now, and here we are with uh, almost you know when when did Bitcoin come out two thousand and nine? Mm -hmm. We're already starting to see quantum computing completely blow that out of the water, uh, and it's going to be almost like a Y two K moment. Yeah. Um, especially around how we protect and how we encrypt mm -hmm. uh, wallets uh, and and private keys. That's going to be very interesting, and it's going to be a big part, I think, of who's going to you know remain here and who's going to proceed into the future. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a fascinating proposition around quantum and and of course you know what it will mean for the for the entire I guess technology sector. But, mm. I mean, do you have a do you have a sense in terms of? And I know no one knows this because there's been you know there's a few sort of um, uh, quantum sort of capabilities that have been announced and so forth, but we probably haven't seen anything in true production but do you do you have a sense of when that i love the the y2k moment although i suspect there's a lot of organizations listening who <laughs> felt like they spent rather a lot of money preparing for y2k and nothing happened well it was good that nothing happened but do you do you have a sense of when that you know how far away is that sort of y2k moment do you think oh good question and it's almost it's a almost like a how long is a piece of string yeah, yeah. question but yeah. i think as long as you approach it with a sense of uh I wouldn't say urgency, but a sense of being prepared for yeah. it and yeah. being aware that it's coming and not having, I guess, your head in the sands moment. Yeah. I think that's all you can do, at least until we have more information coming out. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely definitely something to watch. I guess, um, I mean, it's been lovely chatting with you, Michaela. I just um, maybe just finally, if just for potential customers who may want to use the Navati um, AUDD stablecoin, and, and they're probably sitting, you know, they're people sitting within organisations and, you know, they've got remittance issues and so forth, you know, but, you know, there's possibly a degree of concern around going into, you know, novel technology and so forth. Do you have any sort of advice or how might they uh, approach this in a, in a way that, you know, is not, you know, not vetting the farm, I guess? How, how, how should they ease into propositions like, like the AUDD stablecoin? 
Yeah, well, we've just uh, launched our website, so audd.digital. You're more than welcome to send an inquiry there via our website, and I'd be more than happy to have a chat with you uh, and and bring you up to speed and answer any questions you may have. Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, that's great. Um, that that's uh, because I think you know in when I'm speaking to organisations, I think there's you know there's a great deal of interest, but there's just that concern around you know we don't want this to go wrong. Um, but as we've seen, you know, the technology is now at an enterprise level. And so, um, so it is time for organisations to start to look at this. Absolutely. And, and the other thing is as well, obviously, there's, there's no fear in no, not knowing what you don't know. Right. Yeah. And I think if you're willing to, to take that step, I think there's only good that can really come of it, even if you don't necessarily end up using it uh, within your own business. At least you have that opportunity to learn. And you can at least put your hand up and say, well, I had a crack at it. Yeah, fantastic. And Michaela, I think that, you know, one thing that has often been said about technologists is that no one can understand what they say when they talk. And uh, you're a clear example that that is not accurate because um, it's been terrific. You've really sort of given us a great understanding as to what the offering is today. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd encourage folks to, uh, to take Michaela up on that offer and try to learn more about the Novati offering. So uh, with that, Michaela, I wish you and the team best of luck. Congratulations once again on getting getting the AUDD stablecoin out of the garage and, um, and wish you best of luck and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Nick. Hopefully I can join you again soon with some more exciting updates. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Web3 from Mystery to Main Street. Nothing in this podcast is legal or financial advice. Have a great day. And remember, every organization needs a Web3 strategy.